What is going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The H Panel, the show where I bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health. I'm your host, Terry Pavin, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Hazel Antiporta. Hazel is a certified hypnotherapist, NLP, EFT, and time techniques practitioner. She coaches people that are looking to heal their inner child in order to break through their mental blockages. Hazel was so fun to talk to, and I wanted to thank her again for coming on and having this discussion with me. Also, I probably seem tired, and I'm just going to be completely honest. Uh, I watched that Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight last night, and honestly, judge me if you want, because rightfully so. I don't know why I watched it. I was rooting for Ben. Uh, you got to give some credit to Jake. And honestly, I cannot believe I said that. And I can't believe I even watched the whole thing. And I can't believe I lost sleep over it. So that's where I'm at today. Before we get started here, guys, if you're watching this, please like, comment, share, subscribe, give five stars if you're on a podcast platform. Share with someone who might need to hear this episode. It's a really great one. And I can't wait for you to listen. I'll talk to you all very soon. I'm going to go nap. Peace. I'm Harry Potvin. And this is the H Panel. Hazel, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Before <laughs> we get too into um, our discussions today, I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. So what kind of got you into the whole coaching business? So um, good question. A few years ago, my ex, long-term relationship, we dated for three years. Um, at the end, we broke up because he cheated on me, not once, but like twice. And a lot of people might a lot of people might think that it's a sad story. Yes, a but like I had to find out why I was going back to him, because at the end, even though I know he hurt me, there a, a big part of me still wanted to go back to him. <laughs> and as I started digging in deeper and deeper, I started learning about attachment types, and that's when I learned that the reason why I came back to him is because I was familiar with that type of love he gave. He was emotionally distant and didn't give the affection I needed because I was always used to chasing my parents for their like attention and their like approval that which led to people pleasing. So the reason why um, I tend I ended up going back to him the first from the first time was because I wasn't even though I wanted healthy love, subconsciously, a part of me wasn't used to that. It was used to the idea of like, I had to chase love. Mm. Yeah. And because of that, it became a big break point of mine to reparent myself and to actually understand what it means to accept healthy love. Because mm -hmm. easier said than done, it's hard. A lot of people think it's easy to leave a relationship after being hurt, but most of the time it's not because our childhood run created a blueprint for us to live in as an adult and that's when we have to take out the seeds that was planted inside of us and re nourish seeds inside of us so we can actually actually attract what we want and desire in our lives yeah 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 no it's what you just said you nailed it in the head like people looking from the outside in it seems so simple to get out of yeah um, but when you're in it it's so complicated mm-hmm yeah, I, um, I, I, I've, well, I've been in the same boat, like I've been cheated on and people were like, oh, so you're just going to move on then. And it's like, it's not that I don't, I didn't, I knew I had to move on, but like I stayed and I, it wasn't like yeah. I was happy. 
it, it yeah. was it was it's weird it's it's such a weird thing to be a part of right it's like your body knows it needs to leave but something in your heart feels like it's it belongs here but the reason why is because that's how we we're conditioned to feel when we were younger we were told to suppress in certain ways like no it's okay you're supposed to stay in this you're supposed to accept this right right yeah so when when you were in that like what 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 was the shift that made you go I do actually have to get out of this and then made you like did like I'm I'm just assuming that you broke up with him here yeah yeah. So what, what was the shift there? Because we just mentioned like, it's hard to get out of, but there was something that made you click and you were like, yeah, this isn't for me. What was that? The idea that he could keep hurting me and hurting me t- mm-hmm. down 10 years down the road and nothing will change. My situation will get better. Right. right. Yeah. To me, that made me feel like I was going to be stuck in this loop forever and I was going to be like chained in bondage to this idea of like what love is and I was like no I don't want to go down this rabbit hole anymore I had to leave (laughs) yeah no good good on you because a lot of people they don't and there's so many unfortunate scenarios where people are just stuck in this relationship that like is not beneficial for either person Mm -mm. and it like it eats away at you both mentally and sometimes physically too it's just it's such a deteriorator yes a big one a mm-hmm. big one and that's when I learned that like I need to even though my parents weren't present in my life when I was younger like that often that's when I had to learn how to reparent myself and be the parent I needed to be I needed myself to be because at the end of the day our parents are just parents they're just roles sometimes they don't even have the resources to be actually be in and as we grow older and older as we develop these resources we have to learn how to reparent ourselves Mm. yeah so that's the thing I learned right so your method is uh you talked about healing your inner child Mm -hmm. when you talk about that what do you mean by that so essentially uh the inner child focuses on a lot of Okay, so the inner child is basically you who is very vulnerable, just is alive and just feels so free and loving. It's the most vulnerable you in in a way that you feel safe. The wounded child is basically someone who's been hurt so much that they were told to shut off that vulnerability. They had this fear of abandonment, fear of vulnerability, or even like fear of going outside their comfort zone because they've been told so many times that like you cannot do this you cannot do it It became like a form of trauma Mm -hmm. that made them who they are today in their adulthood so what I like to do is help you reach into your inner child and see that like your world is actually your playground you don't have to feel safe like this whole world is made for you to be safe right it's the people who hurt you who make you feel otherwise and that's when reparenting comes in and that's when I show you that you are like lovable. You are enough. <laughs> so, because sometimes these narratives are like the biggest lies we tell ourselves. It's because the people around us shut us down because they were scared. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's so hard too because half the time um, we experience this like bad relationships or like just very negative situations where like that the narratives begin it happens when we're such we're at such a young age we're yeah. like our brains are still getting hardwired and we're still 
you know, growing up to be who we're supposed to be, you know, all these situations kind of influence how you think. And that, that happened to me too. Like growing up, I always talked myself down. I always said I was a piece of mm. shit. No one would like me because of like relationships, friendships, like external sources that would like influence how I was thinking. Like, it's just, it's so unfortunate because once it's the, once that's in your brain and you grow up thinking that it's so hard to crack that. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes we run off these ideas that like, oh, we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to hustle more. We need to hustle more. But who told you that you have to do more? Mm. Like, is it actually your desire, your goals? Like, yes, that could be one factor and that's really good. Or is it the people around you that you're not enough right now? Yeah. And you're chasing this idea of success that's not really who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I feel like... I feel like we underestimate because a lot of us were in like, I don't know when this relationship of yours where you cheated twice. I don't know when that occurred for you, but for me, like just bad relationships in general, not even just girlfriends, but like friendships and stuff. Friendship families. Yeah. Yeah. Like it happened all throughout like high school. So I think we underestimate like the power that each of those negative interactions has on our brain. I think we just kind of assume we'll grow out of it. But then later down the road, sometimes people learn too late. It's like, oh, that actually really did affect me pretty badly. Mm-hmm. I think we, we don't give it enough credit, like to say, oh, you know, my, like, this is a hypothetical, but like, oh, my girlfriend in high school, you know, would gaslight me all the time and treat me like garbage. But then when you say that still affects me now at 40, people go, grow the, grow the fuck up. Yeah. Like, your high school girlfriend, you're 40 years old, become a man or a woman, like grow up and move on. It's hard. It is very hard. Yes. So hard. Yeah. And the people who throw comments like that towards uh, to anyone, that's so toxic because they're telling us to just shut down our feelings and Mm. keep acting like the wounded person we are instead of actually looking at it and trying to heal it. Right. Yeah. People frown upon you trying to look for answers. Exactly. Like, like first of all this is not you this is me so let me deal with it yeah like so stupid so how were you able um to heal your inner child like were were there some certain methods or techniques that worked best in your journey yes um so one of the techniques I like to do is like for myself I do this like once a week is ask like I do some journal prompts like um you could use this too you might like it what was it I did this morning it's um how if you were like going to look at your life today how would baby Harry see it Mm. right and it's like oh I see baby Harry he keeps like hustling hustling but he's not taking time to reflect and it's like hmm that could be something why are you t- like hustling hustling not taking the time to reflect why aren't you sitting down it's like oh I feel like I need to do more for what for this for who right yeah and just go deep in because like um one of the big- biggest breakthroughs I had for myself last week was I kept writing down like oh what do I need to do in order to attract a like my ideal my next ideal client I have to do this, this, and this. And like, oh, that's so weird. Why aren't I preaching the idea of like working out as often than I actually am? Like, oh, I'm busy. It's like, oh, then why am I not putting myself first? Like, oh, because I need to do this. 
why it's just like oh i need to like keep up with social media do this this and this and then that's when it's so just like oh people pleasing mm-hmm. orange flag no put it back to me no yeah i i'm i'm right there with you i'm a huge people pleaser and it's it's a I think people who aren't don't understand how exhausting it is, even without us trying. Like mm-hmm. I worry so much about things that I can't control and I don't at the end of the day really care about. It's like, mm-hmm. like it just little things like, Oh, I hope this random person I've never met before and will ha- never have a relationship with. I hope they like me. Why? Who cares? Why? Yes. Like I've never yes. even seen their face. It's just a name. And I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope I like there. They like me. <laughs> no, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, that's when we do because, like, you know how sometimes we tell ourselves that, like, oh, why do like, why do I keep telling myself why do I need to chase for their approval? Subconsciously, we know that like that's different. We don't need to do that, but subconsciously, we need to break the layers and see what's making us chase them. Mm-hmm. Like when was the first time? Like what? Uh, in my one of my first step methods of my seed method, like my seed program, is see like when was the first time someone told you that you had to seek for people's validation. Hmm. And then that's when we try. We, that's when we figure out the limiting belief that we created in our like in our blueprint from when we were like kids. And that's when we seed a new plant in and take out that old one. Throw oh, it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how long does this seed program, seed, right? Like S-E-E-D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how long does that program usually take for your clients? It's not, it, it, there's no way it's like a one and done thing. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It's a three month container. Mm-hmm. And essentially the first um, the first month, so first step is we look literally look at all the seeds that's been laid out. So literally you just tell me all your problems. I write them down. I see the big like four or five pillars and like okay these are like your limiting beliefs and then we take out one by one slowly and slowly the second one we replenish those empty seeds and see what seeds needs to like run your life to help you get to that place over there Mm. that help you wake up at 6 a.m and make you stronger right and then after that the third step is we have to keep nourishing those new seeds to make sure that they don't crash when like the next storm comes in the trees don't fall in the next storm. And then the fourth step is we make sure the environment is good. That's where the mind, body, and soul entails to make sure that like everything's worked on duality because trauma still lives in the body. We have to make sure no leftover or rotten seeds are still within there. Mm-hmm. And then five and six, we make sure that you're transforming your life with daily habits. <laughs> right. Bouncing your masculine energy flow. Yeah. So it's like the little baby steps that along throughout a day that like really make an impact. Yes, exactly. Yeah, man. So do you're also, um, I want to get this right. You're into like, you're certified in hypnotherapy or is it NLP? Uh, Both. Both. So do you use some of those into this program as well? Yes. It's funny because like a lot of my clients, they would come in and they're just like, oh, you can't make me cry. I never cried in years. I'm telling you, Harry, five minutes. And I'm like, hold on. I need a box of tissue. I'm like, yeah, it's written there. (laughs) I love those people. Yeah, I'm never going to cry. And then they cry. You're bawling. It's like a hose that's on, but you have it plugged. And then you finally just let the water go. You're like, oh, shit. Literally. 
yeah really I bet that feels so good though (laughs) it does it does it's releasing Mm -hmm. because it's like even though we consciously think that like oh we have no problems we have no problems once we go inside the walls between your conscious and your subconscious we see everything that's out there you might remember things that's like literally generational it's not even you like when I did uh, my program the first time, like when I was testing it out, I saw that I was carrying a sense of fear of abandonment, but it wasn't even mine. It was like my great grandma. Huh? She was rejected as a kid. Like her parents couldn't afford her like to have a baby. And they're like, no, we need to like give her away, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, when she was growing up, apparently she was been told that like, you're not enough. Like you're not, we don't, we, we didn't even plan you mm. in our lives. And my mom told me that. I'm like, oh, okay. So these generational things are actually generational. Right. Yeah. Wait, so how does that work? So is it is it brought on to you generationally because your great grandma was expressing those concerns and it just kind of trickled down? Or was it like genetically? That, I would say both. So okay. for example... If your mom um, was in that same same situation, let's say hypothetically, and let's say she was in pain so much like during birth, giving out to you in prior birth, and she had hesitations of bringing you into life, right? Mm-hmm. As she like gives out that birth, remember, our mind is connected to our heart and every part of our muscles. So as she's coming out of you, you are also a piece of her. So those thoughts are literally going into you. Right. 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 And as like, for example, generational, if that's happening, like from her mom, the same belief is going down, down, down. That thought won't break because she might be thinking, for example, if we had to talk, I had this client call a few days ago. She told me that she has like body image issues and it runs generationally that is hard like that um thought is hard to break because if her mom is still thinking that like i'm fat i'm fat i have bulimia that's going to make her think like oh i must be fat right from a young age she catches on those thoughts she catches on those beliefs right so is there a way to break that oh yes yeah so so when you if you let's say you break it let's say like, like in your situation, your great grandma has these thoughts and it gets trickled down through the generations. It already has such a big base in your subconscious. If you were to break it, is it broken for future generations like your kids? It is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to heal yourself before you have kids. So these generational traumas won't get passed to them. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Because I've, I've heard of something like that before, because um, I was listening to this discussion where like people were saying, where do you where do you get your hobbies, your interests from? Like it comes generationally, like some of them anyway, like <clears throat> so, like people who, you know, let's say you're a musician. Sometimes their kids are going to have a passion for music because that passion just trickles down. I didn't know that it was the same for trauma. I guess that's just a stupid misconception on my part but that's interesting yeah it's all new facts a lot of people don't know about it too yeah Mm -hmm. because similar with um let's say a person loves music right passed down maybe that 
aunt of yours also loved music but she wasn't able to like present that in her own life she didn't have the freedom to and then because she has that like repressed repressed feeling inside of her body when she gives birth she, it could also be shown into you it can manifest into you because now you have the freedom you have the light like this inner child is still like healthy perfect mm. <laughs> right interesting mm-hmm. that's why like a lot of the times they say look into your childhood to see what you love because that's when you're like the most expressive when you're wounded that's when like society's like no you need to go into university you need to become a doctor you need to become a, like a math professor yeah yeah and that's when like the layer starts adding up that's when the walls are adding up and that's when you start becoming a people pleaser abandonment self-sabotage right yeah no that makes a lot of sense because for me specifically like i just had this conversation recently but when i was a kid i was doing everything like I was in plays, I was acting, I was writing, I was making music, I was, uh, what else? Like, I was just way more creative. And then once you get to high school or even elementary school, like halfway through it, something snaps you back, like holds you back from it. And then you try, but you can't. You can't. It's weird. Mm -hmm. And that's the experience of the wounded child. I totally get where you're coming from because that was literally me. I used to be like the loud, very expressive kid. But then my grade one teacher, she literally put me on the spot in front of like the whole school. And she's like, I want you to talk right in front of the stage. And then she was like, okay, now call everybody out in your class. I was brand new, so I didn't know anyone's names. And then after that, that created trauma for me and became shy. I became... Why would they do that? I don't know. I was confused because apparently I used to talk a lot, but I didn't know anyone's names, but she didn't know I had ADHD. So Mm. (laughs) yeah. Man, what the, what kind of trauma? I know. I know. What kind of teacher? (laughs) Oh, you don't know their names? Get on stage and say them. Like what? Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's That's going to help. Literally. That's brutal. There was a, um, my sister had this friend in elementary school and her friend was from, her friend was from Vietnam and she didn't, she didn't talk. Like she just never did uh, because, you know, she was new to the country. She was really shy. Like she didn't really understand English that well. But I remember like kids on the bus would be like, just speak, say something. And it's like, that's got to have an impact on your brain like when people are trying to force you like she's already uncomfortable and she's already like like could you imagine just being in a new scenario and like you don't know the language and people are just like speak it's like I don't know what to say because I don't know the language it's like right like I speak French but when people go say something in French I go "Uh, uh, what Uh, like I I don't know and I know the language so I can't even imagine yeah exactly and the fact that like we already react like like as a frozen type of shock imagine what happens when they're kids it's kind of like okay this is a big trauma alert yeah Yeah, that's it's so interesting like you you just a lot of people underestimate like I've already said it but like they underestimate the power that some actions have on children yes yes and like the the long-lasting effects that that whole generational thing is interesting because sometimes like when you go into therapy or you go to try to figure yourself out, there's like no answer. Like sometimes people are just like, man, you're just fucked up. And it, that makes a lot more sense because sometimes it's not you. Exactly. Exactly. 
And that's what therapy, I would say, has a misconception. I used to be in therapy for a while, but like I did not see much change. It's more like, oh, I see it, but now what do I do with this? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then that's when life coaching comes in because that's when they take it out and actually we put these things inside of you. Right. Yeah. God. Yeah. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's it called? Another um, idea I had too was that even people pleasing for me it's also generational because my dad he grew up you know, thinking that like he it's like the savior kid like he's a black sheep so he has to do this for his parents and his family so that they can like you know be wealthy and well off in like back home in the philippines and then so my dad carries on that behavior with like me and my younger sister when we were like a few years ago when we were like in university but i carried on this behavior like okay I have to do this I have to be like wealthy I have to be a doctor so I can follow my dad's footsteps I'm like wait (laughs) where is this coming from Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I was like that for swimming I was like I because my I was in swimming and my dad had swam and basically my whole family Mm. was in swimming and I was always like I have to achieve my dad's level of success but no one was telling me that like my dad when I was in swimming my dad didn't go you have to be as good as me like it, that was never a conversation. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know where that came from. I was like, I need to make him proud of me by going fast. The guy was proud of me anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know where my people pleasing started, but I will say that it, it does get exhausting. Um, I'm a lot better now, but when I was in high school and elementary school and even university, it was like, I was, I was striving for something I was never going to get. I wanted all the acknowledgement. I wanted all the praise. I wanted everyone around me to be good, be happy, but they were already happy. Yeah. They were, they were like, they were my friend. They like, they liked me because I was who I was, but I was striving for something that I wasn't. It was, it was so, it's so weird. Mm -hmm. Where does that striving come from? It's the idea that we can make them happier the expectation that we if we do this 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 that means we're going they're going to see us more they're going to see more value in in us the person who's going to give it therefore they won't leave us do you think that has to do a little bit with like social media a hundred percent yeah a hundred that's the thing with social media it catalyzes this whole like trauma yeah like it was bad enough already exactly because if the like for example let's say someone who isn't aware of their traumas at all and they're like people pleaser they have fear of abandonment they're going to end up buying this like digital persona they have to carry on in order to be liked and that just views in like this whole media consumption that this is who they are they're like fashion blogger this is like their whole fashion identity but is it really or are they trying to just fit in Mm. Right. Because, for example, um, one of my friends, she is one of like the biggest social media like fitness trainers and like her social page is amazing, like beautifully crafted. However, she does not know anything about herself. The only thing she knows is to be a chameleon. Why? Because of her childhood. People pleasing. The chameleon. I've heard that term before. What is that? (laughs) social chameleon is kind of like okay i like this identity on social media let me copy it 
Right. London. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a big problem, especially for like, like like I'm pretty young. I'm like 23, but Mm -hmm. like for, for the generation below me, it's a big problem. Like my, my sister's age, like all those people are just trying to be like the biggest social media person. It's, it's funny, right? Because I I go through this too. Like, this is a bit of a tangent. I don't know if it is, but (laughs) social, social media, like when you're on it, you're striving to be the next big social media person. Like you want all the followers and the likes and everything. Once you're out of social media, you kind of realize that no one gives a crap. Like it's, it's so weird. It's like a whole different universe almost like when you're in it. Cause I, I follow some people like I do. This is a great example. I do yoga with Adrian. Do you know Mm her? No, no, exactly. Okay. So I do her, I, I do, yoga with her she's got like 10 million subscribers on youtube and i'm like 10 million wow everyone must know her and everyone i've talked to has said no but when you're in that zone you're like wow everyone knows her she's so popular oh you know what i mean and then when you get out you realize yeah there's 8 billion people dude like social media is just a tiny microscopic part but you forget that when you're in it you get sucked in and your your amount of likes and amount of followers and amount of reception makes you feel inferior. Exactly. But now we have to ask ourselves, why do we feel inferior to those numbers? Why do we put our value into these numbers, these analytics? Where is this coming from? And mm-hmm. like, why is our worth attached to like social media? Because when you attach value into like an item or proposition, we have to see like what kind of thoughts are we feeding this into because if we strip strip your like your name away from everything let's say you own like a three like a three car garage house and like a ferrari if we attach you to who you are and we disappear it like make it disappear we'll see that there is nothing Mm. and if you see that there is nothing that means we can see that there's underlying like traits of codependency people pleasing parent pleasing right yeah yeah you try to fill your that void with like physical things or like uh praise (laughs) that kind of goes back to your the whole relationship thing because this was another thing we were talking about is like um eval like not evaluating but like relating your own worth to how your relationship is going yeah Do, do you find a lot of clients go through this a lot yeah I know, a lot. A lot, I know a lot of people like that yeah it's like oh I just hit this milestone today that means the relationship is going well mm-hmm. it's like but what's bigger than that are you guys learning are you guys growing are you guys expanding because a lot of people have this misconception that relationships are just there to you know build a life up with someone like reach this reach these milestones that social media wants you to I'm like yes that is a thing but relationships are also spiritual mirrors of what you're going through and what you need to learn about yourself mm. because you know the most intimate part of you and if they trigger you in certain ways it's kind of like whoa you need to do healing on that one example is um so my boyfriend and i we just reached one year together oh congrats and, well, thank you thank you and yesterday was valentine's day right mm-hmm um we didn't want to do anything like big because we're going to celebrate one year next week 
so he was like oh but hazel i forgot to ask you how do you feel about valentine's day are you okay with that i'm like yeah i'm okay with it and like, i don't care about it but then I'm like wait where is this coming from because i used to love valentine's day i used to be a big person to celebrate it but then i realized that after so much repression on like bad like traumatic relationships i always had like a negative connotation with valentine's day since so when he brought that up and i started thinking i just started bawling i was like wow i forgot i needed to heal these like sides of me and because i put so much emphasis on like the milestones of the relationship i saw that i put my worth into it because that was like the only thing that made me me before right yeah yeah i just had this conversation with my girlfriend as well because mm-hmm. um, yeah yesterday was valentine's day and it, like i i don't think mine was necessarily because of anything traumatic i just valentine's mm-hmm. day i was always like if you're not treating your woman every other day like what are you doing yeah, yeah. that's you know? what boyfriend said too <laughs> it, it's like um it's uh, what it's like bellet's talk day like yeah. people are hashtagging and i'm like i've never seen you talk about anything mental health related yeah. ever or mm-hmm. even like to a more extreme sense like black history month it's like the month is great it is it really is but if you're not like if you kind of just push it to the side for the rest of the year like like what it's just weird to me like these days are important they are but like some people just use that day and they don't like mother's day father's day it's the same thing like i love my mom but the rest of the year you won't talk to them like or christmas like it's anyway like so valentine's day was always for me like like I like that I do really like Valentine's Day but it's not I'm not gonna try to yeah. treat it super special you know what I mean like yeah. I'll still spoil who I whoever I'm with but like I'm not gonna make it a huge deal because if I'm because then you yeah. have to maintain that anyway <laughs> <laughs> and I can't afford that um but yeah. so uh like we had this conversation because I was very relationship dependent like in university and high school mm-hmm. and it, like I had yeah same exactly so I like I determined my happiness based on being in a relationship like I remember I broke up with one girlfriend and I started dating another one two weeks later because yeah. I was like I can't be alone and if I am I'm just a loser yes yeah I'll like, die alone <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's I know a lot of people who are afraid of that I'm 23 my friends are 23 yeah They're scared of dying alone you're like not even a quarter of your way out. You've Mm -hmm. you've got so many years left. There's like this, there's like this unwritten standard that people are trying to achieve. They're like, Mm -hmm. I have to find someone before 25. No, I have to get married before 25. It's like, where is this coming from? (laughs) As a kid, I was always like, I'm going to get married by 20. Yeah. Same. I'm I'm like, no, I could never. So I could feel safe. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Cause I'm sure you get this too. I always wanted a plan in life. I had a plan my whole life. I was like, I'm going to get married at this age and have kids at this age. I'm going to get a full-time job in this field. And then when the person I was with broke up with me or like, we just didn't work out or I didn't get that job. My whole life went into spiral. Cause I was like, fuck, I'm not successful because my relationship failed. Yeah. It's a very unhealthy way to look at things. Exactly. That's when we put our value into our self-worth. I mean, like what we have as if we put our values into like external lives, that's when we become the most disappointed because those things we cannot control. Right. We're like the ebb and flows of life. What we can control is how we see ourselves, but not necessarily control, but accept 
whatever comes in and out and see our greater values. Yeah. Yeah. And no. that's contentment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like, you can't even, you can't control how someone looks at you or how someone feels about you. Yeah. Like you yes. often feel like you can like, like this is a, like an example. I don't know anyone like this, but let's say like the boyfriend's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving you. And the girlfriend goes like, I'll do anything. Like I'll, whatever you want, I've got it. And it can go either way, but like, do you even want that relationship? If he's mm -hmm. already wanting to leave you and you have to modify who you are for him. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I've been in that boat. Yeah. People, oh, are, <laughs> yeah, they're like, you have to do this instead. And I'm like, okay, as long as I'm with you, like, yeah. No, fuck that, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the reason why we do that is because we were taught to that. We had to accept anything in order to be in people's lives. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is that a lot of people are finally becoming aware like us and we're mm -hmm. getting out of this rat race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that it, it's definitely getting a lot better. I know a lot more self-aware people like this isn't even a shot at like our parents generation but like they were just taught like they had to get married young they had exactly. to be happy forever and like a lot of relationships like they don't address their problems and they're just unhappy forever like but they're like we have to stay married mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore I know a lot like way more people are marrying late which is mm -hmm. great because not only are you figuring yourself out but you're finally like realizing exactly what you want in a partner yes whereas before it was like my my family my parents generation they all married in high school or like all like got together with their significant other in high school that's a lot <laughs> like exactly. you grow a lot from high school oh, a lot mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. yeah so so in in your work do you um do you usually do individual or do, are you in relationship work as well? Uh, no, it's funny because a lot of people come to me for external reasons. It's like, oh, I'm not attracting the guy I want. Or like, oh my God, I need, to, I need to find someone before 25. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. But then at the end, I teach them that they have to find themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always an underlying thing there. Always, always. Yeah. When we try to search something, remember we when we search for something that's out of our reach, that's when we become the most disappointed, and that's when we sense loneliness. But when we start seeing that we have to seek contentment within ourselves, that's when we find fulfillment and contentment. Right, and that is such a hard concept yeah. to grab. Like I struggle with that all the time, and like I, I'm a lot better than I was, but. Like because mm -hmm. of those external factors, like seeing people succeed on social media mm -hmm. or seeing people in a really happy relationship when you're single or just like someone making more money than you, like it, yeah. you see all these things and you kind of almost forget for a second, like, wait, I got to be happy with myself first. And then maybe those things will come. Yeah. Like that, that's the hardest concept to grab is like, once you're good with yourself, you're good externally. And why is that hard for you to grasp? I don't know. I, I, I'm a lot better now. 
because before my whole idea of success was kind of clouded um, and I never really worked on myself before two years ago. I think now it's just a matter of because social media is so exposing, it, it, you're so exposed when you're on it. That's what I mean. And like you're exposed to other people's success. And sometimes you forget that Instagram, yeah. like Instagram is just a highlight reel. You forget that often. And that usually when people send a picture like this and post it, they like go like this right after. Like it's not, they're, <laughs> they're not happy all the time. Exactly. And then you forget that you're looking at these pictures. You're like, how is he happy all the time? Or like, how, how does he have all these things and is happy all the time? you forget like it, it's hard on social media so I think sometimes I just go down that rabbit hole and then I have to find a way to suck myself back up because like once you're down there you're screwed like it you're screwed. You, you eat away at yourself and that's that's a thing like these kids coming up now I sound like a cranky old man but like these kids coming up now like they're only like with TikTok like they're only determining success through what another person looks like on tiktok like oh she can dance way better than me oh she's so skinny she doesn't have a tummy or like oh he's like driving a porsche like who gives a shit who cares who it's, cares it's crazy because at the end of the day we don't know if they have bulimia body disorder second we don't know if they rented a car if that's their parents car we mm. don't know the whole story behind it right and then this is where you catch yourself. Like one tip I like to do is like, if I find myself scrolling on social media, at least more than 20 minutes in a day, I ask myself, why am I doing this? Why, why, for what? Yeah, why? I did that recently because I was scrolling for an hour, mm -hmm. an hour straight. And I was like, I have not learned anything. I haven't gained <laughs> anything. I don't yeah. feel good. So why am I down here? I'm like at the bottom of the Instagram page where it's like no more new <laughs> posts. I'm like, why am I here? I should not be down here. Yeah. A lot of times too, like uh, my boyfriend, he was telling me like, oh yeah, I've been a lot on Instagram a lot more recently. I'm like, whoa, 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 this is a red flag. I asked him like, why, why, why? And then after that, we found out he wasn't getting enough stimulation, like mental stimulation in his life. That's why a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, they just watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. go on social media more go on tiktok is because they have nothing else yeah. to stimulate their minds with because a lot of times like for example they might think doing yoga it's too much effort so might as well just scroll <laughs> it's yeah. like the easy endorphin that will get them like a kick yeah it's so bad because our whole our whole life now is the quick fix Exactly. Like, if, like with food with just life in general like you get that big mac right away you eat it, you feel good for five seconds, and then you feel like dog shit the rest of the day, but then you're still reaching for that high. And that's the problem with social media. Yeah. And like you just said, with the pandemic, a lot of people are going to be like, once this, once we get lifted, it's not like everyone's going to be back to normal. Like we, we're all dependent on this phone now. Yeah, it's like a, over a year's like work of being in a pandemic, especially just being at home. It's just hard to rewire like these habits we developed, right? Yeah. And that's like I'm going back to relationship when you said like that easy high. That's why a lot of people stay in toxic relationships because in a way when they like, when they see that like, oh, I just fixed my relationship. It gives them that like little energy, like satisfaction, the mm -hmm. dopamine boost is like, okay, that means I can fix things. Yeah. And when they see like another relationship, like trouble, they're like, 
no, no, I can fix this. I can fix this. But then that's trauma bonding. Mm. Right. Trauma bonding with Mm. like, like the person, what do you mean? So it's kind of like, it's okay. I know I cheated on you so many times, but we fixed it. We went through so much. Mm. We got like, we went through this together. It was like, whoa, like, yes, you guys went through this, but like, why are you guys like talking over and over again? Like, that's not something you should be necessarily celebrating. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Like, yeah. Like you, you've, like you've cheated on someone and you're like but it's okay we've got through it and then you keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up and you're like but she was so strong because she got through it exactly that is not healthy yeah but that's the little like dopamine kick we would get on instagram right yes you hear it all the time right where people go i can change him yeah like why are you a therapist yeah like you don't have to (laughs) there's eight billion people exactly you don't have to be stuck with that asshole yeah Yeah. so in your opinion because you've been cheated on twice and I like I've been on both ends of this whole messy ordeal but if what oh yeah no it 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 took a while (laughs) but like I mean it, it was a whole mess um but in your opinion can those people change 100% yeah okay because a lot of people label that person as just a cheater from the end like I was like that too I was very close-minded on cheating and like Mm -hmm. being unfaithful and being an asshole in a relationship like I was like one and done that that's who you are that defines you and then you know the universe has a very funny way of going actually you're also a piece of shit and then it kind of <laughs> makes you take a step back and go wow but yeah no I there's a lot of people who are very close-minded about it and I'm not saying like if you get cheated on stay with them yeah but definitely talk to them and see what's good mm-hmm. and we have to remember that a lot of times people don't cheat with a negative intent there's always a positive intent that not does not really reflect you but reflects them as a person right yeah right because for example um my ex he i like i gave him forgiveness like that's part done just like my story now um yeah basically he was on a work trip to panama and that's where he that's where i caught him cheating the second time Mm -hmm. and as i started looking into this more and more i was like oh this is really not me it's just him because he has like drug addictions alcoholic addiction addictions so when he sees like these type of like environment, it's to him is a stimulant. That's what he enjoys. And that's a by factor of his own childhood. Right. So it's not me, it's just him. I'm like, okay, I forgive you. I just don't want you in my life. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, I, I for yeah, I forgive you, but I'm not I'm not going down this roller coaster with you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And okay, people need to understand that that's okay. Some mm-hmm. people, some people are afraid that if you leave someone because their life is too much you're an asshole or you're just like abandoning them like that 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 puts an unbelievable amount of pressure on someone and like some people use that to their advantage like if you leave me I'm gonna kill myself and that's like the most unfair thing I've ever heard in my life the most narcissistic thing ever (laughs) like how dare you like what gives you the right to do that yeah exactly and going off what you just said right now you just said an amazing point a lot of people are scared to leave them because they feel like they're abandoning them, but that's a mirror reflection of who they are because 
they think that they're abandoning them, but really they're abandoning themselves to be with them. They're losing a piece of their identity to be with them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. They're abandoning their dependent self almost. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, that's like when you're an athlete, this is, I relate everything to athletics because that was my whole life. So it's like (laughs) the only thing I know. Uh, I'm not smart. I'm just, anyway. So uh, like, I, I don't think I've ever met a swimmer who didn't want to quit during their time in swimming mm-hmm. um or like who wanted sorry i don't think i ever met a yeah all the swimmers i ever met wanted to quit but they were always afraid to and i was in that boat too i was like i don't want to abandon my sport yeah but it's like if it's not not in my case like i love like you know i always had those thoughts but like at the end of the day i'm really thankful for it but for some people like the sport they're in or the hobby they're in or the program they're in or the lifestyle they chose it's really not great for them yeah like it, it it's one thing to like meet up with a minor inconvenience and want to abandon ship that's not great but if it's like legit deteriorating your mental state don't put that pressure on yourself yeah. you're not you're abandoning you, you can like fine you're abandoning it but for a good reason exactly not a quitter yeah a lot of people are afraid to be quitters Mm -hmm. but then that's when we have to look into this it's like where is this coming from is this people pleasing who am i going to disappoint is it am i really going to disappoint me or the people around me Mm -hmm. and that's when we carry on this baggage thinking that oh if i do this i'm going to be a disappointment to this 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 i just want so much but it's like your life is just starting yeah there's so much more out there we just have to open the playing field for you right exactly Mm -hmm. so is there a way let's say you are a people pleaser and it's okay to be a people pleaser um but there's definitely a boundary boundaries so how do we set those boundaries for someone what's one example an example so Mm. people pleasing comes in many many forms right a big one <laughs> trying to think of examples in my own life people pleasing <clears throat> let's say like this isn't even me but I, I knew someone like this they were in the sport they were in because their dad wanted them to like their family wanted them to be in the sport that they were in, but they really didn't have a passion in it. Mm-hmm. They wanted their family to be proud of them. Mm-hmm. And you could just like talking to them, you could just tell that like they, they hated what they were doing. So how do we set those boundaries where we get, give them the confidence to go, Hey, I actually want to try something else. Cause you it's, ter- it's terrifying mm-hmm. to go in front of your family like that. It's to know that. Now, this is where like the deep healing comes in. It's easy to say or to say it undone because it's to know that like inside what you want to do will give them a greater output in life. It's like, for example, I was supposed to here. Okay. One story of me is I used to be like, I was supposed to go into nursing. 
mm-hmm. right? In high school, I tried so hard. I want to do this. I'm going to go to my CRA. I'm not CRA. That's Canadian banking. Um, I'm going to become a C, uh, CRNA. And that way I can make 300K because my parents want me to become a nurse. 300K a year. But then I realized like, wait, this isn't my dreams of fulfilling. It's my parents. The way for me, that the way I got out of that people pleasing in that state was knowing that my plans will be greater than that money, that lifestyle I would have taken. It's that assurity and confidence knowing that I will be greater if I took on a different role. And knowing that I have like, knowing that inner confidence in me that I can do it, no matter what anyone else says, that's when we take the shift off of other people expectations and their perception of who you are right Mm -hmm. and when we shift that narrative and see that value comes within us that's when we start to understand that we are in control of our own like destiny we don't have to like focus it on other people yeah yeah because sometimes when we put other people like my parents like voice greater in our in our our heads that's when people pleasing becomes heightened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no that that makes a ton of sense because if they feel like for example if i was supposed to go back into nursing and i was scared of taking that jump that means my why is not strong enough right the value I have in myself is not strong enough for me to jump and not care about what other people think. Right. So it's all about finding that why. Yeah. Who you are. What are your values? What yeah. do you want? Like if you were, okay, if you were to die right now and you were about to write your own eulogy, what do you want to be known for? Right. And then literally write them down the step by steps of how to get there in your own life and become that person. Mm no matter what it takes because right. at the end of the end at the end of the day everybody else is gonna die and so are you so might as well make your own impact that's true yeah that's great advice mm-hmm. so where where can my viewers find you thank you for asking <laughs> um so for ig my um ig handle is at project p-o-p-r-o-j-e-c-t antiporta a-n-t-i-p-o-r-t-a so project antiporta and my website is projectantiporta.com perfect i don't even think i follow you on instagram so i'm gonna hit that oh, follow you have to I, follow you back <laughs> yeah i'm a, i'm so sorry how dare i <laughs> no no it's okay don't worry <laughs> i'll put i'll put all those links down below hazel this was a lot of fun thank you so much for joining me no thank you i actually learned a lot from our conversation as well (laughs) i hope i hope viewers kind of instead of go up i hope they actually take something from this because i learned a lot as well beautiful thank you thank you for having me of course and to all my viewers i will see you guys next time hey guys thanks for watching another episode of my show if you want more episodes of the h panel the button's going to be right here if you want to subscribe for more videos from myself it'll be right down below Please like, comment, share, give five stars. Let's keep this conversation going, guys, all right? I'll see you next time. Thank you for your support.